Hello to all my weirdos. We are back with Weird Like Me, and I'm your host, Joe Prendergast. Today we're wrapping up our segment on the highly competitive sport of alligator wrestling before we open up the lines for all of you. Before the break, we were talking about the unexpected dangers of fighting alligators for fun, like the possible injuries and the surprising cost of home surgery. We're talking to... What the fuck? Sorry, everyone, there seems to be a commotion in the studio. As I was saying... As I was saying... This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Attention! Attention! This is the emergency broadcast system. Take shelter immediately. Take shelter immediately. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. We have just been informed that the Yellowstone supervolcano has erupted for the first time in human history. Planes around the world have been grounded until further notice. Reports of the full damage are fragmentary, and we are unable to confirm casualties at this time. It is not known at this moment if our government has survived. Take shelter and stay inside until further notice. Stay tuned to this frequency for further instructions. Local update to follow. Dang it, dang it, uh, dark, 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 damn it, dark, you stupid, oh, is it on, is it, oh, no, fuck, that was my first broadcast, no, oh, no, 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 oh, uh, mm. let me, let me try this again, hello, fellow survivors, I'm Joe, and I am broadcasting from my uncle's bunker. I've been here since, well, since disaster struck, and I will be here until further notice. Mainly because when I did attempt to go above ground, the scene is, where should I put it, grim, desolate, you know. Anyway, I will be broadcasting on this frequency and all others, and will update my location regularly. I am in a cabin, deep but safe in the woods 
Sorry, I'm a city person. I don't know the area that well. Uh, I'm just off the main road and northwest of New York City. Oh, God. I, I can say that uh, just turn right when you get to the dead, possessed looking oak tree, and just keep walking. I have shelter, water, and food. I just would like some company. Yeah. Please come find me. I can't be alone. I can't be the only survivor. Weather update. It's currently snowing. In June. Or whatever month it is. But either way, something is falling from the sky. Hello, fellow survivors. I'm Joe. Still broadcasting from my uncle's bunker. I've been here since disaster struck. Weather update. It's it's just black outside. Just now darker than the dead of night. Thankfully, my watch is still working. It's three in the afternoon. Great. Hello, fellow survivors. Someone, please answer, please. My name is Joe. I've been broadcasting since disaster. And uh, how many days ago was that? All right, survivors. Before you judge me, it's it's hard to count when you've been car. I mean, hiding in a windowless basement for days, weeks. I guess it could be months. Fuck. I should have kept a calendar, or at least prison tally marks, because my watch doesn't have days on it, but... I've been broadcasting a while from my uncle's bunker, and I will be here until further notice. Hello, fellow survivors. I'm Joe, broadcasting from my uncle's bunker, and... My personal sidebar, let me tell you all, it's pretty nice. And while I've cleaned the basement, there are plenty of lovely rooms upstairs, and there's a kitchen that, uh, that sort of works, but there's no need to cook. Down in the basement, there are plenty of ready-made meals, along with bottles of water, energy bars, Gatorade, even sleeping bags, flashlights, backup generators, ham radios, taxidermied animals, and... Oh. All right. Fellow survivors, I have a confession to make. My Uncle Jeffrey was, as I would call it on my show, a fellow weirdo. Not just for the fact that, based on all these supplies, he had enough ready to house my entire family in case of disaster. Not just the fact that he was clearly a conspiracy nut. Like, he once sent me the link to lose change. Okay, he sent me it more than once. Like, even when they re-updated it. But my Uncle Jeffrey had a plethora of odd hobbies, and their remnants are all around this cabin and in the basement. For instance, Uncle Jeffrey was a big hunter and really into taxidermy, like DIY taxidermy. He's got the usual here, a stuffed deer's head or two, a stuffed bear in a dramatic fighting pose, a platypus, but... Then he started trying to make mythical creatures, like one or two of them, and 
was not successful. There's a griffin of sorts. It's really a cougar that he sewed some eagle wings on, and one of them has fallen off. And there's one that I think is supposed to be a dragon, but it's really a big lizard that he sewed some wings on. Yeah, whatever you're imagining, it's worse. Oh, but still, please come find me. Shelter is shelter, and there are all those, you know, amenities I talked about before. I'm sure I can't be alone. I can't be the only survivor. I can't be alone. I can't be alone. I can't be. I'm alone. I can't be alone. Hello, fellow survivors. I'm Joe, broadcasting from my uncle's bunker. I've been here since disaster struck, and I'm starting to think I'm the only one out here which is completely fine. It's always just been me and the microphone. Though I am used to a little bit more response, maybe just studio producer talking in my ear. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's take some callers, shall we? I have Shayna on the line here. Hello, Shayna. You're on with Weird Like Me. What's with weird with you, Shayna? <laughs> Shayna, don't be shy. <laughs> Shayna. Oh, what the fuck am I doing? Shit. Oh, oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh, but this is the end of the world ham hey, radio. I can say all of the curse words. <laughs> I can... Oh my god. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say the seven words you can't say on the radio. <laughs> George Carlin, I'm going to make you so proud. <sighs> Sorry, false start, false start. Ah, oh, fark, fark. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Ready? Uh-huh. Oh, fark, I think that was footsteps. Upstairs. Oh, someone came to find me. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Who came to find me? Oh my... Oh, I'm so dumb. Oh my god. If I'm lucky, they'll, they'll just murder me. But they could be skinjackers or cannibals or Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. I have a gun, and I'm only mildly afraid to use it. I... Oh, I have to go up there. And I guess greet them. Fuck. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. That, that didn't help at all. Okay. I'm going up! You hear no further updates. Well, Morton Parker Fracte. Location update. Not six feet under. Or bleeding out on the cabin floor. They didn't murder me, but the redneck one almost shot me. Survivors, they're a pair of women, and they are an odd couple. A tall, 
tattered but well-dressed Asian woman in a short white, oh, I guess I shouldn't call her the redneck, but she looks like such a cliche, like muddy jeans up to her knee, hunting camo jacket, even though it's summer out, and a John Deere cap. And, and, she came in holding a shotgun. And just to prove how cool I am, I nearly dropped my gun and put my hands up when she aimed it at me. But I maintained a grip on my gun, and I noticed that she had a utility belt with several knives and two axes attached to her backpack. So the first thing she said to me was, you know how to use that? And I squeaked out a, yeah! Do you know how to use those? Which was stupid as fart because she whipped one of the axes out and hurled it into the pole next to me. So cool, I nearly pooped myself. But instead I said, oh, you missed me. Like I know what I'm talking about, but she just smiled and said, I wasn't aiming for you, darling. Oh, God. And I thought the one with the shotgun and the throwing axes and the deadly aim would be the leader, but... Looks like she was out alphaed by the other woman way before I ever came along. The other one, she's stoic with a face that looks like it was either cut out of marble or cheekbones like a cut marble. She stands so straight and tall, I feel like she's the impenetrable wall they talk about, getting into a fight with an immovable force. And I think she would win. And after the most tense seconds of my life, the leader walked not even she glided over the hand outstretched and she introduced herself as Ji Hyun and <laughs> nearly crushed my fingers in a handshake and with just a look the other one just lowered her gun and introduced herself as Scout and I queen of introductions and smoothness and not thinking before speaking blurted out like Girl Scout <sighs> She could have shot me for just that. Instead, she laughed. It was a loud guffaw that ended in a snort. And she just followed up with Fark No. Joe. <laughs> well, not Fark, but you know what I mean. So, after all that awkwardness, I just offered them some clean, recently filtered water. But it was really just a ploy to get them to sit down and get all the awkward small talk out of the way. You know, the usual, where are you from, what do you do, what keeps you going in the apocalyptic wasteland. You know, the usual. Scout alternated between long, rambling answers to simple questions of, like, where are you from, to just being surprisingly tight-lipped about how the two of them met or what their plan was. Jihoon was just tight-lipped in general, only answering when I directed a question at her or only answered in single sentences. But... Still agreed to let them stay the night. They're traveling somewhere, and I guess I'm just a stop along the way. So, not only am I not dead, but I have company. Not much of a party, or not much fun, but they're here. I have returned to the basement with the door locked. They could always change their mind about murder. Personal sidebar can't sleep. There's people in the house. Not not in a, like, a, oh god, there's people in the house kind of way, but like there's there's people that I can talk to that that are alive, and I, I just, 
it's so hard for me not to just go and bombard them with questions. I want to know how they met. I want to know where they went to school. I want to know if their parents are nice or, or like, I just want to know everything. I just, I want to hear voices that aren't mine. I just want to listen to them talk and, well, mostly scout, ramble, and Jihan occasionally say something, but it's something. Now I know I'm not alone. And it's going to be so hard to go back to living alone. That's it. I'm, I'm going to get them to try and stay. I, I'm going to do what I do best. Well, besides talking about death and languages and dead languages, I'm going to shower them with affection in the form of food. Update. I messed up. This morning I got up early and, and made them brunch of, of sorts. You see, there's an absolute buttload of last forever food stored here by my uncle. And, and mostly I've been enjoying... Uh, I, I, well, I wouldn't say that. I, tolerating the military-grade ones that you can just, like, pop open and eat. But there's some in the way back that are in these giant buckets with these pictures on them of, like, pancakes and, and oatmeal. And I, you know, I thought I'd just try it for the special occasion. And at first, they were impressed, but mostly confused. Scout asked if she had stumbled into some sort of end-of-the-world bed and breakfast while Jihan just inspected the pancakes I put in front of her. And before eating them, <laughs> she said, No, there would be coffee. And I made the mistake of joking about there being tons of other food in the basement, but none of it was coffee. And they gave each other this look and an eyebrow raised that said something like, Oh, there's all this food that we could steal. And I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? Telling these strangers with sharp things that they could throw at my head about all the stuff they could steal from me. And then they ate the food, and whatever thoughts they had about stealing it were forgotten in the moment it took for them to do a spit take. <laughs> Jihan looked personally offended by the pancakes while Scout just retorted, Definitely not my mama's cooking, and plugged her nose and kept on eating. I said sorry like a million times over and, and ran off to come back down to the basement and find something better, but before I got down here... A few seconds, I stopped, and I overheard them talking about getting ready to go, and I couldn't believe what they said it, but th they said it, and they repeated it. They're headed to Chicago. They're headed towards the volcano, and part of me thinks they're dumb butts, but, like, the other thinks that there's a good reason to go, and a tiny, well... Yeah, not super tiny. Part of me wants to go with them back to my hometown. Go see if my family's still alive, or... I guess I could just stay safe here. Safe, but alone. Just talking into the void, and... Uh... Hang on a second. There's something happening upstairs. I'll be right back. Location update? The cabin is an absolute mess. Like, worse than a bull in a timber shop kind of mess. 
So I went upstairs just to see what all the commotion is about. Just, and when I got there, Scout and Ji Hyun were just staring out the window in horror. Birds in mass were just flying at top speed between the trees, through the forest, away from some unforeseen horror. And it, it was really strange and startling at first until one of them went crashing through the window. And then another, and another, and then one of them broke the window, and allowing them to all start just go hurtling through the house like feathery bullets. And it was crazy. Like, these birds, the, their heckin' ancestors were dinosaurs. And here they are flying through the house like idiots. And even though that was all going on, I just thought, fuck it. Might die right now, failing to dodge a bird to the head. And not just pop the ultimate end of the world question. Can I go with you? To their credit, uh, both of them, while dodging diving birds, managed to give me a look. And I just repeated the question, mentioning that I had heard them talking about plans. And windows continued to smash, and birds continued to come shooting in. And I, they still managed to look at me like I was crazy. And with these kamikaze birds whizzing past, I offered them shelter in the basement and led them there. And the whole way down, like some kid asking, are we there yet on a road trip? I just asked and asked if I could come with them. They were both understandably taken aback by the state of the basement. Uh, Ji Hyun wrinkled her nose and Scout said, cool! Scout asked why I would leave. She seemed way too into the taxidermied animals. And before I could say anything, Ji Hyun said, why would anyone want to be left alone here? And I think she got it. Because when I asked just one more time to the soundtrack of speeding birds above ground, I just asked, can I go with you? to Chicago, and Ji Hyun just nodded. So, I guess that's what it takes to get me to leave, the promise of an end to my loneliness. We're going to do some packing and prepping before we go, but I am going. I am going back to Chicago. I am going home. I'm headed towards the volcano and hope. I guess. <laughs> Let's just see where this goes. I will keep you guys updated on my location as I go along. But all you need to know for the moment is... Now you know, fellow survivors. You are not the only one. You are not alone. Catch you all on the next frequency. Joe out. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier with editing help from Monty Mangerpan and Andrew Rosten. The voice of Joe Prednergast is J.J. Ronvier. The voice of the emergency broadcast was Leslie Whitaker. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our technical engineer is Colin Vodier, who not only audio edited this episode, but also made our logo. Wow, friends are cool! Speaking of friends, this episode is dedicated to Sunny Cho for their help in the real world, and Joe's world, and for always being a light. Yes, pun intended. In
enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our red stickers as a thank you. Not a bribe, just encouragement. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast, where you can get cool things for being a cool person. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC, or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now we leave you with this, survival tip. If you ever have an alligator biting down on your arm, punch it in the nose to make it let go. Even better, don't get close enough to an alligator that it can bite you. <laughs>